I've got enough bad news. I, I look to the Lord and get some good news. Speaking of good news, if you have your Bibles, if you would go to Luke's Gospel, chapter number 2. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 2. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 2. And let's start looking at verse 8. Verse 8. And the Bible says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news, great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests. I'll talk a few minutes this morning about Christ our Savior. Christ our Savior. You know, the Bible gives us about 300 names and titles to describe Jesus. So great is our Savior. So great is our Lord and our King. And one writer said, you know, Jesus can be no more contained in all the names and titles that He has than we could collect all the ocean and put Him in beautiful bottles. And that's true because the One we serve is beyond our ability to fully describe with human articulation. But we know this much. We know Jesus is the name of His personality. This Jesus means the Lord saves. His personality comes to save and He comes to heal and He comes to deliver men. We know Emmanuel is the name of His proximity because that means God's with us. God's here among us. We'd have to go somewhere and try to find Him. By His mercy, He came to us and He knocked on the door of our hearts and He made Himself known to each one of us. And of course, Savior, that speaks of His purpose. That speaks of His purpose. That speaks of the reason why He came, the mission that He accomplished by coming to earth. And I want to take just a few minutes this morning and talk about Christ the Savior. Christ our Savior. We'll give three thoughts. Number one, let's talk about the promise of the Savior. The promise of the Savior. That angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's Christ the Lord. The promise of the Savior. This is the promise that had been given to men from the very beginning. Right there in the Garden of Eden, God had promised to send a Savior for His people. And there are literally hundreds, maybe 300 specific promises concerning the coming of this Savior. In fact, centuries before Jesus was born, that, that great prophet Isaiah, he spoke of this promise. You probably remember that familiar verse from Isaiah 9, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon His shoulder and we'll call His name Wonderful and Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's a wonderful promise. And then just weeks and months before Jesus was born as a babe in Bethlehem's manger, Joseph, through that angel, received another bit of that promise. We see it in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 21, where the Bible tells us that she'll give birth to a son. And you're to give Him the name Jesus because He will save His people from their sins. Thank God this morning that we have a Savior. 
That's the greatest gift of all. Of all the things that God can give us, of all the graces God can bestow upon us, the thing we need the most, the thing that's greater than all, salvation. He brought us a Savior. I want to thank God this morning that Jesus saves us from the power of sin's grasp. And Jesus saves us from the penalty of sin's judgment. And Jesus saves us from the pain of sin's condemnation and eternal consequence. And you know, throughout the ages, whenever um, God's people needed hope, whenever they were in a, a hard place, God would send a spokesman that would tell them and foretell of a Savior that was coming. One who was coming. He'd give them a glimpse, a, a foretaste of the hope of one that was to come. And on that first Christmas night, He came that first Christmas morning. The promise of God had finally come to men. And it was a promise, number one, of good news. That's what verse 10 says. The angel said, don't fear, I bring you good news. It's good news that God sent His Son and God sent a Savior. Not a soldier to conquer us and not a judge to condemn us and not a religious reformer to adjust us. Not even a teacher to enlighten us. But He sent a Savior to redeem us. The greatest And the most desperate need you have and I have that all men have. We're sinners and we need a Savior. Thank God that's what He sent. Talk about the promise of good news. And that good news brings great joy. The angel went on to say, don't be afraid. I bring good news of great joy. Great joy. For what you and I could never do for ourselves, God did by sending forth His Son to take our place and to give His life as an offering, a holy sacrifice, an acceptable substitute, giving you and I who would believe, you and I that will respond, the opportunity and the possibility to know God and to come to God and be right with God. Good news, good news. Men couldn't make it on their own, so God made a way that men could be right with Him. He sent His Son. He sent a Savior. Just what I needed and just what you need. The angel said, I bring you good news of great joy and it'll be for everyone and it'll be for the now. It's available now and it's for everyone. He says, for all people. I love how he says that this day, today, in the town of Bethlehem, a Savior's been born. He's Christ the Lord. Today, mankind's long wait is over and the promise of Savior and His salvation has come. Let heaven and nature sing. For in Jesus Christ and Him alone, you can find forgiveness, you can find fulfillment, you can find rest, you can find hope, you can find eternal and abundant life. The promise of the Savior. That's number one. And this promise is for you and this promise is for me. Christian, as you think about the good things of God, as you thank God this holiday season for His goodness and just meditate on how wonderful and faithful God has been, remember that this salvation includes much more than just having our sins forgiven and having heaven as an assurance one day. But remember, this great salvation also includes God's presence. God is with us. Emmanuel, no matter what you face in the coming year, you don't have to face it alone. We've got good news. The presence of God dwells with His people. He walks with us and He talks with us and He goes before us. Whatever you're facing, it might be frightening. It might be uncertain. But the God you serve, I'm Emmanuel and I'm with you. I've saved you, but I'm not leaving you. I'm walking with you. We thank God that we have the presence of heaven as a gift and as a grace. We have the power of heaven. So whatever you're going to face and whatever you've got to deal with, God 
says, I'll give you power. I'll give you the strength to cope. And I'll give you the strength to conquer. And I'll give you the strength to live and to navigate whatever you're going through. I didn't just come to do a work and then leave you on your own. But my Holy Spirit now dwells within you. I sent you a comforter that will be with you forever to give you the strength you need to face what you have to face and do what you got to do. Can you say amen? I'm talking about the wonderful grace, the gifts of God, this wonderful salvation. The Savior has come and He saves us and He forgives us. And it restores us to a right place with God. But within that, there's His presence and there's His power and there's His wonderful provision. He'll make a way for us. He was a lamb that died, but now He's a shepherd that lives to care and to watch us and to walk with us and provide for your need. Whatever you have need of, Lord Jesus will take good care of you. And last but not least, don't forget His peace. What a thought. What a thought. You know, back then in the Roman times, just like today, there was a confusion, there was conflict, there was uncertainty in that society. But the promise of the Savior is more than just sins forgiven. It's the abiding peace of His presence within. He gives us a peace to keep us. That's why that heavenly choir could burst forth in the song, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to whom Men's favorite with God is. Oh, what a Savior we serve. The promise of the Savior. Oh, from the beginning, God had promised a Savior. One that would redeem men from their fallen state and restore them back to righteousness, a right standing with God. On that first Christmas morning, finally, that promise came in the Lord Jesus Christ. The promise of the Savior. Now let's spend a moment. The purpose of the Savior. Christ Jesus had a mission. He came to save. You know, throughout the Gospels, Jesus is frequently, again and again, speaking about His mission in coming to earth. People talk about a mission statement. Well, He he explained His purpose. He didn't keep it silent. Um, We don't have to wonder about it. Jesus again and again said He came to save. In fact, in Mark's Gospel one time, He says, I didn't come to, to be served, but I actually have come to serve and to give my life as a ransom for all men. And maybe the most moving statement concerning this, it came on a day when Jesus encountered, as one writer um, describes, a strange little man named Zacchaeus. Now, Zacchaeus was a not very religious man, but he was a man of wealth and distinction. And yet, when Jesus passed through his town, That little guy, he ran ahead of the crowd. He climbed up into the branches of a tree just so he could get a better look at Jesus who was passing by. But the amazing thing happened when Jesus came to where he was. Jesus stopped. Jesus looked up and Jesus called him by name. You know, there's something moving and sobering about that thought. You know, you can be lost in a crowd or you can be hiding in a crowd. Yet he knows your name. Yet Jesus knows where you are in life. Yet Jesus still calls you to come and follow Him and open your life to Him. He said, Zacchaeus, you come down. I'm going to your house and I'm bringing my salvation. Now the townspeople, they were a bit incensed. They didn't appreciate it. They didn't understand it. They started to criticize and they started to question the Lord. And Jesus' response to them, remember we're talking about the Savior's purpose. Why did He come? 
Why did He come? Why did He do what He did? Why did He go to that cross? And Jesus said, Luke 19 and verse 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The promise and the purpose of the Savior. He came to seek man and He came to save man. You see, the people back then, like some today, they, they were looking for a different type of Savior. Back then, they were looking for someone to free them from the bondage of Rome and the hurry, heavy foot of Rome. And Jesus... He had to try to get through to them, and we try to do that today. That the first thing He does, He saves us spiritually. Before He saves us out of problems and troubles, Jesus has come to save us from our sins. He's come to make us right with God. He's come to bring us to a place where we can be forgiven and restored as sons and daughters. But like many today, they want... They want to be saved from a bad marriage. They want to be saved from a dead-end job. They want to be saved from a debt. They want to be saved from an addiction. They want to be saved from a painful situation. But Jesus came, first of all, to save us from our sins. And from there, the blessings will flow. From there, other things will flow. But first things first, He saves us from our sins and He becomes Christ Jesus, the Lord of our lives. He makes us sons and daughters. He brings us to God as we sing, Hark the herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn King, peace on earth, mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled, brought back to peace. That's the first part. And many today, they want to get religious because again, they don't, they're in a troubled marriage or they're, they're in a bad dead end job or, or they got a, an addiction or they got a painful situation. But oh, you're missing it there. Before he can solve your problems, he needs to save your soul. Before he'll deal with those things in your life, he wants control of your life as you give him your life and let the Savior be a Savior to you. Purpose of the Savior. We said He came to seek the lost. He came to save the lost. Jesus came to earth. I like to call it, it was a rescue mission of types. Aren't you glad you've been rescued? Amen. I mean, that first Christmas morning, it, it was heaven's invasion. I mean, angels are singing and devils are trembling. But God was coming to seek you and to save you. That's what happened when He knocked on your heart. That's what's happening now for some that are listening. And the Spirit is speaking. And the Spirit is drawing. And God is saying, what is the profit to gain all these other things that you thought were so important if your soul is lost? And if you're not right with your Savior, your God and your King. The Savior came to seek the lost. The Savior came to save the lost. That explains why He lived. That explains why He gave Himself to die. Before He could save us, He had to purchase us. Before He could pardon us, He had to pay the price to redeem us. And only Jesus, only Jesus, could meet every demand God the Father required for our forgiveness and for our redemption. All were met. Every requirement met and fully satisfied in Jesus Christ and what He did through the cross of Jesus. And that's why He's the only Savior. That's why there's not a million ways to heaven. That's why there's only one, but it's the real way. It's the true way. It's the everlasting way. It's Jesus. Jesus fulfilled His purpose for you and He fulfilled it for me. Look at a couple of Scriptures quickly. 1 John, the third chapter, verse 5. Talking about the purpose of the Savior. Why did He come? 
As much as we enjoy the festivities and we enjoy the decorations, we enjoy the songs that bless our heart, we enjoy the good feeling of uh, of giving gifts one to another and just enjoying friends and family. Why did He come? There was the promise of a Savior. God saw our condition, but He loved us so much He sent His Son to restore us back to where sin had driven us away from. There was the promise of the Savior, but that promise had a purpose. The purpose of the life of Christ was that He might come and that He might die, that He might redeem us, shed His blood, that you and I might have the way back to God, the way back to salvation, the way back to eternal life, the purpose. But you know that He appeared, Jesus appeared, that He might take away our sins, and in Him there is no sin. He appeared because in Him He had no sin, and He was the perfect sacrifice. He was the flawless, acceptable sacrifice, and He appeared, He came. Why? To take away our sin. And only in Jesus Christ can you have the assurance your sins are gone and you're right with God. Can you say amen? Let's look at one more. First John 4, 1 John 4 and verse 10. This is love. Not that we love God, because we didn't love God first of all, did we? He loved us first, amen? This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. The purpose of Christ expressed the love of God. The purpose of Christ coming and giving Himself over and dying in our place was expressing the heart of God, expressing the love of God, demonstrating the will of God, but that He loved us and He sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He was born to die that we might live. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a King. You know, this word um, saved, saved. You know, saved is a Bible term. Saved, actually, are you saved is a Bible question. Now, it's personal in, in, in a lot of ways, because we need to first have salvation for our own sins, which means that I've personally received Christ, that I'm personally living for the Lord Jesus. Uh, Until then, all that the Savior has done, how much God has loved me, really doesn't do me much good. This is a gift that must be received personally, not just acknowledged generally. Let me put it to you like this. When it comes to receiving the Savior... And His salvation. When it comes to receiving the forgiveness of sins that only Christ can give and the assurance of heaven that only comes through Jesus Christ. When it comes to receiving the Savior and heaven's gift, it's not enough to confess that Jesus is a Savior. That's not good enough. That won't sell. That won't make it into heaven. And it's not enough to confess Jesus is the Savior. That's not good enough either. Just having proper theology doesn't get us into heaven either. Oh no, you must confess that Jesus is my Savior. And that I've given Him my life. And I've put my faith in His finished work on that cross. Oh, that's, you must believe and you must receive. The Bible says in John's Gospel, He came to His own, but His own received Him not, but to as many as received Him, received Jesus. To them, God says, I give you power to become the sons and daughters of God. Oh, so I want to ask you, I've got to ask you this morning, is He your Savior? Have you received heaven's gift? Now listen, He he doesn't force it. And it doesn't come automatically. There's no family plan in this. He came, He died, and willingly gave Himself. 
and opens his arms to whosoever will can come and receive God's gift of salvation. But we have to do the accepting. We have to do the responding by accepting him and giving our lives to Christ. Christ the Savior. The promise has come. The purpose is to seek and save that which was lost. That's us. And friend, I want you to know when you respond to this and receive Christ, it's a good thing. God gives good gifts. Thinking about this the other day, you know, in the natural, some gifts can be better than others. Have you ever experienced that? Some gifts, well, what can we say besides how you shouldn't have? I mean, no, no, really, you shouldn't have. You really shouldn't have, you know. And it reminded me of something Chuck Swindoll wrote about years ago. And Dr. Chuck wrote that um, sometimes Christmas gifts are a real surprise. Maybe you've had that experience. He said, when I, when I was a kid, he said, I wanted a basketball so bad I could scream. And I, I would drop all kinds of hints. I'd go over to a buddy's house and I'd call my house and I'd put on a fake voice and tell my mother, you know, that son of yours is really good. He really deserves a basketball for Christmas. He goes, man, I'd find the cheapest prices. You remember the days of the Christmas catalogs? Anybody? I love them. XOs. I, you know, you one thing, your siblings the other. He said, I'd open those things up and have that basketball circled and leave it on the coffee table. And I'd drop all, all these hints. And well, finally, there it was. Christmas morning, there it appeared. This beautiful box, just the size of a basketball. I knew it was. that I could just see myself make nothing but net. I could see myself making shots. I could just see myself dribbling with it. Christmas Day came and I tore into the thing. And it was a globe. It was a globe. <laughs> ever try dribbling a globe? Amen. <laughs> ever try? Ever try? Yeah, yeah. Can't even inflate the dumb thing. He says, "All right, unbelievable. Not, a, not at all what I expected." And you know why some gifts are like that? But God's gifts, God's gifts won't disappoint you. Amen. They won't disappoint you, and they're just what you need. I get people give me something. It's nice. I don't really know what I'm going to do with it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they don't know me. Amen. But I've had gifts that I just, oh, Lord, have mercy. Amen. But when God gives a gift, it's good, and He knows. He only gives you what you need. Amen. Yeah, yeah. That leads us to our last little thought here. Not only the promise and the purpose of the Savior, but Christ is our Savior. The provision of the Savior. I'm so glad that Jesus accomplished His mission. Amen? A lot of times we try things and we don't complete. We do our best. Amen. Try things. But God, in His great salvation plan, He accomplished His purpose. In the provision, He's provided forgiveness for our sins. He's provided a way to get right with God the Father. He's provided a way that you and I can have an assurance that heaven will be our home when we breathe our last breath here. One writer said it like this, Jesus entered into humanity so humanity could enter into eternity. There's salvation. There's the forgiveness of sins. There's a right standing with God. There's heaven, eternal life. And there's much, much more to those of us that walk with this God. The gift starts with that salvation of heaven and forgiveness, but it doesn't end there. Amen? In fact, Jesus described it as abundant life. I like that. Abundant life. Amen? An overflowing life. I mean, hey, there's healing for the hurting and there's peace for the troubled. There's wisdom for the confused. There's comfort for the heavy in heart. There's strength for the weary. There's fellowship for the lonely. There's fulfillment for the empty. There's purpose. There's family. There's reason. There's reality. There's eternity all found. 
the great gift of God and His salvation in receiving His Savior. Amen? Amen. Christ our Savior. The promise has come. The purpose was to seek and save in the provision, forgiveness in heaven, and a whole lot more. In this Christmas season, in this service, as we give thought and we give thanks to Christ our Savior, if you're listening or you're here today and you haven't received this gift personally, if you have not given your life to Jesus, you're not serving Christ sincerely, then take this opportunity to do so. Take this opportunity to say that prayer. Take this opportunity to make that sincere commitment with God. As we pray our final prayer, you can pray. And you can ask Christ in your heart, or you can make a fresh devotion to God. If you're not walking with God as you should be walking with God, say, Lord, forgive me. You've done so much for me. You paid such a price for me. And I've just kind of taken it for granted. Lord, I need to get you back and give you first place where you deserve. And make that fresh commitment and begin to walk with God in a fresh way. And if you um, receive Christ, if you make that sincere commitment today, just tell someone. Tell someone. Tell the person you went, came with. Let them know, you know what? I'm received Christ. I'm accepting heaven's Savior and heaven's salvation. I'm going to start living for Jesus the way I know I'm supposed to be living for Christ. Amen? Amen. Well, let's bow our hearts and let's close in prayer. Father, we thank You for the gift of Your Son that Jesus came to earth to save us from our sins and bring us into the family of God. We that have received Jesus, Father, we praise You for Your great and Your glorious gift in its fullness. And Father, for those that haven't, we give them this opportunity to receive Christ right now just where they're seated, to make a fresh devotion, to ask Jesus to come in, to tell the Lord. From this moment on, they're going to give Him first place and they're going to serve Him. Give Him this opportunity to make that personal decision to give their lives to Christ. Make that sincere commitment. And now, Father, I pray in me a special measure of Your favor, of Your joy, of Your grace, rest upon every one of Your people. And I pray, O oh God, as we celebrate and worship our Savior, our Lord, and our King, let them know Your presence in a fuller and a closer way than ever before. Let them experience Your power. Let them have Your divine peace. We love You and praise You. Lord Jesus, we thank You that You came and You saved us. And for that, we will always give You praise. And all the people of God said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas and have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. You are dismissed.